Due to strong language, viewer discretion is advised. Today on an all new Dr. Phil. My daughter was murdered by her stepmother. Lily started coming home with bruises on her arms, legs, and back, burn mark on her neck. What's the hardest thing about this for you? As a mother, you're supposed to protect your children. And I failed. Why do you think she did this to your daughter? I believe that she killed her because. Let's do it. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. I hate to see people suffering, and you've hurt long enough. Stand by, Dr. Phil. I'm going to get you the help that you need. In five, four, This is going to be a changing day in your life. Go, Dr. Phil. Yesterday, I talked to a stepfather who, I don't know, he just had a hard time hearing what I had to say. And I ended up spending the entire hour trying to get through to him. You'll remember, I know I'll never forget him. Take a look. I'm about to have enough of your mouth. Keep it up and I'm going to spank your ass. Austin puts a big strain on my relationship with my wife. She always thinks that I'm being the bad guy. My husband is an abusive stepfather. He is verbally, mentally, and physically abusive toward my son. When Drew picked me up and threw me against the wall, it made me feel scared inside. You can take your little film and stick it where the sun don't shine. You threaten him? Define threatening him. OK, I will. Quote, you better shut the up or I'll knock your teeth out. I'm just going to punch a hole in your chest. <laughs> you know, man up and own it. Either do it or you don't. My daughter, Destiny, was diagnosed with mild to moderate mental retardation. She acts like she's the victim. What is your deal for being a weirdo? He punched me in the arm. I cried myself to sleep. You get really frustrated with your stepdaughter as well. Have you called her stupid and retarded? I've called her stupid and retarded a couple of times. Have, have you gotten physically aggressive with your daughter? He backhanded her in the arm. Did it leave a mark? No. Did I really hit her hard? No. Do you know how it sounds that you're physically hitting an intellectually disabled girl? I think I'm about done with this show. But the way things look right now, looks like that you guys are going to try to drill me here. I don't think that's too cool. Do you want to know what I think, or do you care? Well, truthfully, I don't care, but I would like to hear what you got to say. I believe what you're doing is criminal. You don't realize the impact and gravity of what you're doing. You cannot be a loudmouth, abusive bully and succeed. Are you being a loudmouth, abusive bully? Apparently, I guess I am. No, I'm asking you. Did I just answer your question? No. Yes, I just did. Well, answer it again, because I'm not very smart. I think you're smarter than you're playing off right now, to be honest with you. Do you think that's what you're doing? Do you think you're being a loudmouth, abusive bully? Not what they think. What do you think? Or do you think you're doing what any reasonable person in a similar situation would do? To me, at the time, I don't feel like I'm being a bully when I'm angry and trying to Get him to understand. When I'm not angry, looking at what I just seen, it looks like I was being a bully, and I'm not very happy about that. 
I can't tell you how happy I am and how hopeful I am to hear that two-part answer. The two-part answer was it doesn't feel like it at the time, but when I look at it, I can see how it comes across that way. That was your answer, right? That was correct. That, to me, gives me hope because it, you have the capacity for some insight. You can get some objectivity from it and look at it and say, I can do that better. I'm not saying that, that this 14-year-old boy, I, I raised two boys. They both went through 14. Teenage brains are not fully developed yet. And in fact, at 14, they're starting a pruning process where they're actually cutting back certain things. They don't reason well. They don't have maturity. And so what we hope is that the parents are the center. They're the calm in the middle of the storm, that, that they model things. And I'll tell you what you're modeling for him is creating rage. Because here's what happens. He is so enraged at you, but he can't really do anything about it. She won't protect him from you, and he can't overpower you, so he just sits there and just builds a rage inside like you can't believe, and the first chance he gets, he's going to vent that rage. That's why children that are abused are at risk for coming into conflict with authority, for going to jail, for going to juvie, to going to all of these places, those kids are higher risk than kids who are not abused because they have all this rage building up inside and they eventually get out and express that rage. You're not teaching him to be a man. You're teaching him to be in trouble. Well, I guess apparently I've been doing things wrong. Yes. But you can do them right. That's changeable. Look, that's the good thing about behaviors. Behaviors have a beginning and an end. When you stop doing it, it's over, right? And you have to stop doing it. You may not know this, but you are breaking the law. The law in Oklahoma is very clear. I looked up the child abuse statues in Oklahoma, and let me tell you what it says with great specificity. Harm or threatened harm to a child's health safety or welfare, including but not limited to non-accidental physical or mental injury, sexual abuse, exploitation, or negligent treatment, including lack of provision of necessities such as food, shelter, medical care, etc., or abandonment. Now that means you and you are breaking the law. I'm just getting started. What I need to say to get through to Drew Plus where is Brenda's ownership in all of this? You said, and I quote, sometimes I think I should just have never gotten with Drew. The kids would be safer, but I'm afraid of being alone. Tomorrow on an all new Dr. Phil. He blames his mother-in-law. Did you tell your daughter not to put his name on a birth certificate? For destroying his family. You're lying right here on TV. You know what? You're the liar. I'm getting ready to turn the whole bunch of you into Child Protective Services. Plus, he's had affairs. Because you get an adrenaline rush. But no time for his wife. He made time every single day for eight weeks to sleep with my friend. How's your adrenaline running right now? That's tomorrow.
You're failing to protect these children. You know it's happening. Failure to report that is breaking the law. You're breaking the law. You're not protecting, and you're failing to report to those who could protect. So this isn't me saying this. This is the law saying this. Meet Dr. Charles Sophie right here. Dr. Charles Sophie is the medical director uh, for the Los Angeles County Department of Child and Family Services. He is the, the medical director for what is in Oklahoma, CPS. Mm -hmm. Are they breaking the law? They're breaking the law. In, in what way, and is this a reportable offense? Well, I mean, she's not a protective parent. So if she can't protect her children from anybody, that's breaking the law. And then not calling it into the child abuse hotline. Even if you feel helpless and you're stuck, you can still reach to him, you know, and call and get a barrier between him and protecting your children. Because they're probably as angry at you as they are at him because you can't protect them. And then he's breaking it the way he behaves. The verbal abuse, the physical abuse, the threats. You said, and I quote, sometimes I think I should just have never gotten with Drew. The kids would be safer, but I'm afraid of being alone. There's been lots of times where I have thought about it and I actually had to leave before. I was gone for a week and I took my kids with me. And it was because of a similar situation. So I, I do protect my kids in that way, and maybe I didn't take them away whenever I should have. Like, when he's blowing up, I should just leave. Look, he, he needs help, and I think he is open to getting that help. He asked me a legitimate question. He said, give me another way to cope. Give me some other tools. If it's not to just have to control him physically, mentally, emotionally, tell me what else I can do. Do you believe that you need to change the way you're doing it? I'm not very happy with what I've seen. Apparently, I don't understand that it's happening the way it is. But from seeing what I did, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing the right thing, being basically a bad parent. And that doesn't settle well with me at all. You have to understand something that I don't think you understand. When you berate somebody, when you call them a demeaning name, your theory might be, well, you know what? That'll cause them to say, all right, then, man, I'm going to get up and do better. That's not what happens. What happens is their self-esteem is eroded. Their self-image is eroded. Their self-worth is eroded. Children have a way of figuring out how everything in their life is their fault. You heard him say, they fight because of me. If you have financial trouble, if you have trouble between you, if there are issues with the family in, in any way, children have a unique ability to figure out how they did something to cause that. And they feel guilty. And to him, he so wants to please you. He so wants your approval. And it doesn't look like that. And he does push your buttons on purpose. I have no doubt of that. He does push your buttons on purpose. But he wants your approval. He's hungry for it. So hungry for it. And then when you reject him and say you're stupid, you're, you're lazy, and you're this and that and the other, then he just feels like a failure. That doesn't make him want to do better. 
it makes him think he can't do better because he can't please you. Your approval of that boy, your approval of that girl, your acceptance of those kids is such a powerful tool. It is such a powerful tool that, that, that you can change their behavior through a reward system rather than a punishment, intimidation, and threat system. You can truly change their behavior with love, acceptance, and guidance, even if you have to hide behind a bush and catch him doing something right. Oh, don't get me wrong. When then he you, does something you, right, you've I got tell to him. Really, really, but let me tell you, it takes a thousand attaboys to erase one, you're an idiot. That sticks with them forever. Imagine how they feel every day when they wake up. They never know when the torment and the mistreatment is going to end because you're not doing your job. Did you actually see him shoot himself? Yeah, but I don't remember anything. None of us had anything to do with your son's death. I don't think that they're telling the truth. I'm just upset that I even have to be here. Well, is that inconvenient for you? Both of you cheated in the marriage. Both of you lied in the marriage. I can just imagine being one of your children. I would just so want to tell you people to shut the hell up and sit down. I would like my son to take a paternity test to see if this is my grandson. I told her, bring it on. I have the DNA results in this envelope. I married a con man. There was never any mistruths. Where did you get your PsyD? Regis and University of Budapest. University of Budapest doesn't exist. America's most watched talk show. I'm a wonderful person and I'm a kind mother. She's thrown her hot tea on me. She just gets angry. What? Is must watch television. So she is lying here. I don't want to play this blame game. Listen, I'm going to conduct an interview here and I'm sorry if you don't like the questions. This November on Dr. Phil. Robin and I work in the foster care system. We're national spokespersons for CASA, the court-appointed special advocates program nationwide that helps foster children navigate the foster system, particularly through the courts. And she is a passionate advocate about domestic violence, violence in the home, particularly involving children. Come up here. Robin, come up. I want you to meet her. I want you to meet this woman. This is my wife, Robin. Say hello, Robin. Hello. It's good to meet you. Nice this, meet is, you. this is Brenda. Hi, Brenda. Okay. Nice you could have my seat. Oh, okay. From a mother's perspective, what do you say to her is, is her duty, her responsibility for, for these children? Um... Uh, yes, I uh, was sitting with Philip last night when he was working on this show, and I was watching the, the tape, and, and uh, it, it really broke my heart, and it, it really made me upset. It, it made me mad because I just kept saying over and over, you're not doing your job because when, when you gave birth to those children, when you gave birth to your babies, you created yourself a full-time job that day, a full-time job that would last for the rest of your life. Your job is to protect those babies, 
to nurture those babies, to keep them safe. And you're not doing that. You're not standing in the door of their home and keeping out the bullies and making sure that they are happy and feeling safe and warm and protected. Imagine how they feel every day when they wake up and they know that today's going to be just like every other day because there's not anyone in their life that's going to take care of them. And you're that person that they need. You're that person that they should be able to depend on. You're that person that they should be able to say, I have one person in my life, my mother, that will make sure no one bullies me, torments me, mistreats me, calls me names. She's always going to be there for me, and you're not doing that for them. Where would you be as a mother if anybody treated either of your boys in that way, and you have grandchildren now, if somebody was yelling or, or hurting Avery or <sighs> London, how would you feel about that? That, well, first of all, that would absolutely never happen. I would never, ever allow anyone to ever take one step towards harming my children or my grandchildren. I would never, ever allow anyone to cause harm to my children or my grandchildren. What do you think the chances are that I would ever allow this man to speak to my children or to speak to me like mm -hmm. he speaks to your children or to you? What do you think the chances are that I would let him speak to me that way? Never. Because men like him only treat people like that that are defenseless and that can't fight back because they're just big schoolyard bullies. And they only treat people like that because there are other people who allow them to do it. And that would be people like you. Why did you say... Why did you say last night that at his heart you don't think he's a bad guy? Because I think that when he's ranting and raving and saying all those things to your children, I never ever see him stop and really look at them. All I could see in the video was them thinking, is this ever going to end? Is he ever going to quit? Is she ever going to step up and make him stop? But I he do doesn't even notice. All the time. That's, I do. I mean, this has that's been what going I don't on for years. Forever. This has been going on for years. You have not done what you have to do to protect these children. This guy can do better. He can do a better job. He is not dumb and he is not unmotivated. He came here because, at his core, he knows and he wants to do better. I would love to be happy. It would be the most important thing in my whole life to be happy. I have been trying and trying, and not everything works. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street.
Essential Television. Coming in two weeks. Ariel Castro held three women captive for 10 years. Almost too brutal to believe. When you were in the basement chained to the pole with a helmet on, chains around your neck and waist, was it in the dark? Inside the Cleveland kidnappings. What happened in that room? Now, for the first time. He had you digging back here. Was this a grave? Michelle Knight speaks out. He said, when I get two other girls in the house, then I'll let you go. A Dr. Phil exclusive. Did you have any idea when you walked through that front door that it would be 11 years before you would walk back out? The first victim. I was the most hated one. Was the forgotten one. Only on Dr. Phil. Closed captioning provided by... I don't think this is an evil guy. I think your behavior is unacceptable. I think at some level you know that, but we do what we know how to do. But he's here. He came here, and, and, he's, uh, and I think said to me in honesty, you give me a better toolbox, I'll use it. I, I don't think, because I, when you're raging like that, you must be miserable inside. By all means, I am. They even said in the video they want to get along with him. <laughs> they even said that they wish that they could all be happy, that they want him to be happy. They want to get along with him. They do. I would love to be happy. It would be the most important thing in my whole life to be happy. That's what he wants. But I got to figure out how to get it there. And I have been trying and trying. And not everything works. And, and we have to understand... You both are dealing with children that present some management challenges. Your son is diagnosed with ADHD and bipolar. Right. It's not like I don't get that, you know, you don't have a perfect child there in terms of their behavior, but he is a perfect child because he's your child. And every child is perfect in their own way. And because you have some additional management challenges, you have to have some additional management tools. Because admit it, what you're doing is not working. It's getting worse, not better, right? That's exactly true. And that doesn't mean that they can't be infuriating at times. What it means is you can't be infuriated. And what I am going to offer you is to personally arrange for you to get some, some help. And I'm not talking to, for you to get some help just a, as a parent, but to help you. you. You said, I'd love to be happy. One thing I know, when people show anger, it's just an outward manifestation of hurt, fear, and frustration. You gotta work some of these things out because what's gonna happen if this continues, is somebody's going to get A, in trouble, and the hurt's going to continue. These children are being harmed now. This has to stop. It has to stop. And, and I'm trying to stand up for them now. I want to help you get the chip off your shoulder about them being 
defiant and not following directions and give you some tools because what you want is to be happy, not right. I if I arrange happy. this help for you, will you take it? Yeah, I'll take it. I'm here. That's why I'm asking. You deserve it. You deserve it. These kids deserve it. And the law requires it. There is a story that I want these parents to hear. Uh, it's a story of step-parent abuse and horrific and unimaginable. It landed one stepmother in jail for life. And this situation has not gotten to that point. I don't want it to get to that point. It's not going to get to that point. But this is a cautionary tale. This step-parent went to jail for life because she was convicted of murdering her own stepdaughter. That's sad. Was jealousy to blame? You're going to find out when we come back. That's very sad. Lily started coming home with bruises on her arms, legs, back, the tops of her hands. She came home with a black eye. The morning Lily died, I took her to her father. She said to me, Mommy, please don't make me go. The last time I saw my daughter, she was screaming and crying. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. He's had affairs. Because you get an adrenaline rush. But no time for his wife. He made time for eight weeks to sleep with my breath. How's your adrenaline running right now? That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... It was nearly three years ago when Lauren got the phone call that every parent dreads. There's been an accident. I need you to go to the hospital immediately. Sadly, by the time Lauren arrived, her two-year-old daughter, Lily, had tragically passed away. But as it turns out, it was no accident. It was no accident at all. And it only took jurors a couple of hours to convict Lily's stepmother of felony murder, child abuse in the first degree, and unbelievably criminal sexual conduct in the first degree from contusions and lacerations to Lily's vagina, and it all resulted in a life sentence. My daughter Lily was the most beautiful little girl. Cheese. I love you. More kissing. She just loved to sing and dance around the house. What are you doing? She just always wanted to be by my side. My daughter was murdered by her stepmother. She was only two years old. Lily's stepmother killed her because she was jealous of the relationship Lily and I had. Renee was the one that Lily spent most of her time with because her father would be at work. Every time that I had to drop Lily off, she would cry and Sad, please don't make me go, Mommy. Lily started coming home with bruises on her arms, legs, back, the tops of her hands. Lily came home with a burn mark on her neck. The excuses that I was told were she was clumsy, that she fell all the time. One time, Lily had a broken blood vessel in her eye and a scratch on her face. And they said that the dog had jumped on her and knocked her down. Every time I picked up Lily, she would be very clingy, and it'd take us a little while to get her back to her silly Lily. Two months before Lily passed away, 
She came home with a black eye. The black eye looked like Mike Tyson hit her. The morning that Lily died, I took her to her father. She said to me, Mommy, please don't make me go. And then the last promise I made her was that one day she wouldn't have to go to her dad and Renee's house again. And I told her that I loved her when I handed her over and she started screaming and crying. And I said, I'm so sorry, baby. They walked away and she was clawing, trying to get back to me. The last time I saw my daughter, she was screaming and crying. Later on that day, I received a call from Lily's father stating that there was an accident and to get to the hospital right away. When I got to the hospital, I got out of the car and my knees gave out. Lily's father was standing outside. I looked at him and I said, is she okay? And he said, no. I said, is she alive? And he said, no. My world crashed at that moment and I didn't know how to go on. When the detective came into the room at the hospital, she asked me questions like, what clothes were Lily wearing that day? What underwear did Lily have on? My mom looked at them and she said, why are you asking these questions? She said, because Lily was not only murdered, she was also severely sexually abused immediately before her death. When we got back from the hospital that night, my mom, dad, and I sat in the car for a long time. I told him I didn't want to come back in the house because the one person that made this house a home was never coming home. I just wanted her back, and I wanted to wake up from this dream, this nightmare, and I haven't woke up yet. Well, Lauren, I'm, uh, I'm tell you, to begin with, that I'm so terribly sorry for your loss. Thank you. And um, this is a, a cautionary tale that's so important, and I admire your courage in, in being here so we can talk about this and, and you can share it. What's the hardest thing about this for you? Just life after love. As a mother, you're supposed to protect your children. And I failed because my daughter's buried. You cannot blame yourself for something you have a cognitive inability to perceive or, or conceptualize. And I, I, I just hope you'll think about that. As you've deconstructed this after the fact, why do you think she did this to your daughter? Lily never wanted to go there. And Lily hated her. And I believe that she killed her because she was just sick of taking care of a child that wasn't hers. And she was jealous of the relationship we had. Well, Lauren says that she documented and took photos of Lily's abuse. And she came home w with a scratch on her face, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, was, it was nothing horrific but a scratch on her face. And the excuse was, the, about the dog, right? The dog had jumped on her. Okay. And then a cigarette burn on her neck. Yes. And how did they explain that? How was that explained? They said that they were doing yard work 
and there was a bonfire going, and Lily walked by the fire, and a spark popped up and got in her hood of her sweatshirt and burned her neck. Right. That was the first mark. There was no priors to that, so. Right. And what did you think about that at the time? I thought that the way that it looked and um, the fact that they smoked a lot constantly, it was in the back of my head, but like, I, I just couldn't imagine somebody burning somebody else with a cigarette. But you, you see my point? Your mind couldn't go there. You, 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 couldn't, that, you couldn't put that on your list because it's just so foreign to your thinking. Now, two months before she was murdered, there was a black eye. And the excuse was slipping in the kitchen. In the bathroom, Renee was mopping the floor. And she called me hysterically crying, saying Lily had fallen and hit, hit in her eye on the corner of something. But she fell and hit like the edge of something. Mm -hmm. And then she had a second black eye, right? Yes, she did. And what was the excuse here? Um, I picked her up from her grandparents because they were the ones we usually met. And I said, what happened this time? And they said, Renee's hip gave out. And she fell on Lily in the Sprint store. All right, we're going to take a break and let Lauren catch her breath and let me catch mine. Um, and we're going to talk about why Lauren says visiting her daughter's grave is a constant reminder of how she failed as a parent. We'll be right back. Hey, Dr. Phil here. Did you know that more than 16 million kids in the U.S. are at risk of hunger each day? That's more than one in five children. Now, these are our neighbors, our kids that play in the neighborhood, co-workers, friends' children. The problem is closer than you would think, but so is the solution. Join me and visit feedingamerica.org hunger to find your local food bank to help. I'm Dr. Phil, and together, we are Feeding America. The show doesn't stop when I walk off stage. Visit drphil.com for exclusive video and advice you won't find anywhere else. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter while you're there to be the first to know what's coming up on The Dr. Phil Show. So log on today. What are you waiting for? Every day is a struggle without Lily. I miss her every second of every day. The bed is the same way that it was the last night that we spent together. I haven't opened the blinds. Her laundry is still in the laundry bag. I wouldn't let anybody wash them. The necklace that I wear every day has um, Lily's ashes in it and it's close to my heart so I have a piece of Lily next to me. As a mother we're supposed to protect our children and I feel that I failed Lily because she is in the ground. I didn't save her. So I failed as a mother. One of my missions today is to help Lauren change her thinking about that. The other mission is to use this as a cautionary tale to every parent to open their eyes and, and uh, look at all possibilities, even if it's something you couldn't conceive of. Five children die every day as a result of child abuse. And sadly, my guest, Lauren's two-year-old daughter, Lily, was brutally murdered um, at just two years of age. Now, we, we have a statement that I, I need to read. Um, we contacted Renee's attorney, who after speaking with her from jail, he issued the following statement. And 
I have to read this because we asked for it. Renee King's convictions are currently under appeal. Renee mourns the loss of Lily every day of her life. Renee would never do anything to intentionally hurt Lily and loved her as she loved her own children. I only hope that one day Mrs. King is granted a new trial as she is truly innocent of the crimes of which she has been convicted. So she still doesn't take accountability for this? No. She still says that it was an accident. You've been in the audience and you know that Dr. Charles Sophie is here and as I say, he's a medical director uh, for the LA Department of Child and Family Services. So Dr. Sophie, what should a parent do if like Lauren, they begin to get suspicious, never thinking anything like this would happen, of course, but if they get suspicious that's going on, what, what do they do? What are the avenues? The best place to start is have a mandated reporter like a doctor examine a child because then you have something documented. You have someone who is not you, who is not a family member, who's partial to looking at a child and seeing that that round burn is clearly a cigarette burn and won't have that blind spot because we're trained in a different way and we don't have that emotional response. It's not our child mm -hmm. to be able to report it because once it's reported by that type of a person, that will trigger something. And even if nothing comes out of that one, you have three like that, you have four like that. It starts to add up and then you have enough. You were anything but asleep at the switch here and you've got to give yourself that break. I mean, you, it'll, it'll make you crazy. You cannot play the what if game. What if I'd started a week sooner? What if I had done this? You, you, you can't play the what if game. You, you all get that, right? I mean, you get that this is a loving mother that did the right thing. If you get that, raise your hand here. This is. But she's not here. I, I know. I, I know she's not here and there's, there's nothing that's right about that. There's nothing that's gonna change that. What you can do is honor her memory and use her life and save another child down the road. And I will guarantee you, millions of people are watching this show right now. And among those millions of people, someone is hearing your story that's gonna pick up the phone and save their child because of you and Lily. And does, that, does that bring her back? Of course not. That doesn't bring her back. Next, the warning signs of child abuse that you need to recognize in order to keep your child safe and alive. be in the Los Angeles area and you would like free tickets, go to drphil.com and click on Be in the Audience. Or call 323-461-PHIL. Closed captioning provided by... Stop justifying your inactivity and avoiding the challenge of change. For help getting started, go to drphil.com for 11 seasons of advice, articles, and exclusive videos you won't find anywhere else. Plus, sign up for the Dr. Phil community to share your story and find support from others, all on drphil.com. Dr. Charles Sophie, who is the medical director of the County of Los Angeles Department of Child and Family Services, has come up with a few of the warning signs of abuse 
let's look first, Dr. Sophie, if we could, at physical abuse, unexplained bruises, welts, and burns. Look where, for injuries where children are rarely injured, such as where? Well, the neck. How does a spark fly into a, sh a hood and not get extinguished, stay light, lit enough to create a burn to that degree? Right. You say torso and back. All those kinds of... The places where you typically would... If you fell, you're not going to fall flat on your back and get a scratch like that or a punch in the eye like that. Right. And you say look at clusters of bruises, right? Absolutely. Okay. And then in terms of sexual abuse, what do you look for there? You say what? Well, you're going to see that maybe their bathroom hygiene has changed. They're going to the bathroom less frequently or more frequently, or you've noticed some discharge in underwear, or they start to take an object and start to put it down there because they're feeling something or they yeah. felt something and they want to repeat it. And they might even have difficulty walking or sitting. Absolutely, uh, or saying Pain or itching in the genital right. area, premature right. understanding of sex. All of a sudden, they've got some wisdom they didn't have. Exactly. For more warning signs, go to drphil.com. If you suspect child abuse, pick up the phone, call the Child Help National Child Abuse Hotline. That number is 1-800-4-A-CHILD. That's 1-800-422-4453. And help's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't have to give your name. They'll just answer your questions. And Lauren, God bless you for sharing this story. I'm sorry that we met. I wish we were talking about anything but this. I, I, I really am. And I can tell you, you heard Robin earlier say we were kind of looking through some of these as a last look last night. And you and, and Lily and your whole family are on our prayer list. And we pray that God gives you some peace and comfort. And I, I know that the grief process is very individualized. It's different for everybody. It's okay to cry. It's, it's okay if it takes a week or a month or a year. It's, it's okay to hurt. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. Those things don't mean you're losing it. It just means that you're grieving the loss of this wonderful, precious child. And I want to offer to get you some help with this if you think that it would help you and be it right now or a month from now or whenever if, if, if you feel like I, I need to talk to somebody about this, I need help with my rage or my this or my that, just please know that it's our gift to you. We would like to make those resources available to you to, you. to help you. And uh, thank you for being here and thank, thank you for you. sharing your story with thank Precious you so much. Day. Come on.